On today's episode of Locked On Mariners, Bryce Miller fights some shaky command to keep the Marlins at bay. Gino Suarez continues to heat up. And what would it cost for the Mariners to land Eduardo Rodriguez? All that and more coming up. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ahoy, sailors. It is Tuesday, June 13th, 2023. This is Tidying Gonzalez and Colby Patton for the Locked On Mariners podcast brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB to get $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. Thank you so much for making us your first listen. Subscribe, like, and turn on alerts if you're watching on YouTube, or subscribe and leave a five-star review on your preferred podcast platform if you like what you hear. And if you're part of the crew and rock with us every single day, let us know in the comments below. And if you want to hear from us even more, please consider signing up for our Patreon. You can now get a free seven-day trial to check out the show. The link as well as our social accounts is in the description of this episode. On this episode, we're talking about Bryce Miller's outing in last night's 8-1 to blowout win over the Marlins. We'll also talk about A. Eugenio Suarez, Ty France, and the Mariners offense. And we'll wrap things up with a look at Tigers pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez. See if he can be an option for Seattle later this summer. But before we dive into Miller, Colby, we actually have a little bit of news. Some minor news, some minor league news, that is. Uh, Michael Arroyo, one of the Mariners' top international signings over the last couple of years. One of their, I would say, top 10 prospects. Pretty solid. Um, Infield prospect, of course, 18 years old. Played four games in the complex league to start his season, and now he's getting the call up to low A Modesto. What do you think about this? Yeah, it's pretty exciting because, you know, as you mentioned, he's just 18 years old, um, and he only played four games in the complex league before getting the call up. Um, you know, I, I think there's some thought that this is pretty aggressive, but I mean, Arroyo's been doing work down in extended spring training. Um, the guy is just a hitting machine. He's, I, I haven't, you know, read a scouting report that doesn't think this guy's at least a, an average bat at the big league level. Um, I've seen a lot of like Juan Uribe type of like comps thrown on him. Um, but uh, this this guy, he can hit and he's 18 years old. He's probably ultimately going to be moved to third or second. Uh, probably not a shortstop long term, but he's OK there for now. Um, and, and, you know, there's really no reason to move him off of that spot quite yet. Uh, so at least for the time being, it looks like we might get an Arroyo Cole Young uh, double play tandem in in Modesto. Um, we'll see. I think I think Young's probably going to move up to Everett here before too long. Uh, but for now, you know, it's arguably the two best pure bats in the Mariners' entire system are both playing for Modesto. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And and Arroyo's a guy he he can hit. Um, I, I I think he's maybe the Mariners' prospect that Mariner fans don't know enough about he's he's Mm -hmm. underrated in mariner fan circles um and it you know you know why because he's 18 years old and he's three four years away from the big leagues but kid can really hit um and and there's a not non-zero chance that he's fast tracked um because the 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 hit tool is legit 60 grade hit tool Mm -hmm. um and the power is just kind of we'll wait and see if it's third base power or second base power but the kid it's a good player and this is a this is exciting news it's fun news um, and I, I think, you know, Arroyo, Arroyo might be one of those guys that, you know, gets dealt and carries a lot more weight in a trade than Mariner fans think he mm-hmm. might, but for now he's, you know, he's 
fringe top 10 because he hasn't really done it in, in the States. He's somewhere in that eight to 12 range. I think in most people rank in most people's ranks mm-hmm. uh, by the end of the year, if he's still here, he's probably top five, like the kid can flat out rake. So I'm excited to see what he can do, um, you know, in, in low a. Yeah. Phenomenal hit tool. Like you mentioned, 199 plate appearances last year in the DSL, a 314, 457, 484 with four home runs, 22 ribs. Uh, yep. Four stolen bases, struck out 16.6% of the time, walked 13.6% of the time. And then um, this year in, in the four games that he played in the complex league, we don't have extended spring training numbers, obviously, uh, but he went seven for 11 in yep. his uh, four games at the uh, in the complex league. So looking forward to seeing what uh, Arroyo does in affiliated ball uh, starting uh, starting pretty quick here. All right. So Bryce Miller last night. Um, wow. I really took myself off a of baseball savant to look at Michael Arroyo's numbers. Look at me not planning out ahead. Uh, but Bryce Miller uh, was, I mean, he was able to get back on track last night. I, I think we can at least say that it, it certainly wasn't a, a great start. The The box score to me is a, is a little bit skewed. He he only gave up what three hits, one earned run, which was the home run to, to Nick Fortes. Um, but he walked three. He was really, really struggling with his fastball command at times. A lot of glove side misses, which has been kind of a trend, um, especially in the the last two starts against the Yankees and the Rangers. Uh, Fortunately, this time, like I mentioned, he did not get blown up. Uh, But still, you know, you and I last night, we were talking during the game and we were he was through four when we were talking. It was like, how has he not given up a hit yet? Like, what's going on? Like, he had only given up two hard-hit balls up to that point. He finished the night with just four hard-hit balls allowed. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of those, of course, being the home run. He gets through six. Um, he only had one hit allowed, actually. That was the home yeah. run. Um, so, uh, I again, though, considering the, the, the lack of command there was, I, I was pretty surprised that he got through the start as clean as he did. What did you see from him? last night and were there some positives that you took away from that i mean the fact that it never got away from him is is pretty good there was some opportunity i think at one point he threw seven straight balls and then like nine out of ten pitches were balls i think it was in the second um and that's obviously not 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 great but the fact that he was able to kind of manage that uh work around that is, is certainly good and and obviously you know Miami helped him out a little bit, expanding the zone at times when they probably shouldn't have. But you have to earn the you have to earn the the you know swings outside of the zone. You do. You have to be around yeah. the zone enough. You have to have good enough stuff where they have to honor that and they're willing to chase a little bit. So, you know, you give Miller some credit, but this is why it's important not to box score scout, uh, particularly starting pitchers, because you watched the game last night. Miller wasn't very good. He was fine. Um, you know, but he wasn't very good. It wasn't like the start against Oakland or the start against Atlanta or where he just, you know, dominated and you're just like, wow, like this, this could be, it was, you know, fairly pedestrian, uh, stuff. The, the fastball velo was actually down. We saw a lot of 93s. Um, now I don't know if that was fatigue or if that was just him, you know, trying to throw strikes. So he was taking a little bit off of it. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but you know, he did go, he did throw 89 pitches, there was no reports of anything after the game. So it seems like maybe Miller was just kind of trying to take a little bit off for better command uh, mm-hmm. of the pitch, but we'll see. I mean, he still averaged 94.6. His yearly average is 95. 
but we saw a lot of 92 93s last night so that was a little something that was weird we saw the arms or the glove side misses quite a bit uh, but i do think we saw a pretty good and consistent slider uh it didn't generate any whiffs on the pitch but they didn't hit a ball hard against the slider. Uh, average exit velo on the slider uh, last night was was seventy two point eight. So, just not a ton of uh, hard contact at all. But particularly against the slider, and he was able to use it at the bottom of the zone to kind of set up the fastball. Uh, so overall, it was uh, it was a solid night for Miller. I mean, I mm-hmm. I think you know you don't want to fall fall in love with the box score too much. But at the end of the day six scoreless innings against one of the hottest teams in baseball. Um, you know, you kept a rise off the bases. You kept, yeah. uh, you kept Solaire, you know, in the, in the ballpark. Um, and you kept De La Cruz off the bases too. And those, those three guys right now are carrying that offense and, and Miller handled them just fine. So again, you don't want to be too critical because at the end of the day, he held a pretty good lineup to, you know, no runs and one or one run and one hit over six innings. But there's still definitely some things to clean up there. There are some, yeah. some, you know, minor things to keep an eye on in his next start. But overall, pretty solid day for Bryce Miller. Yeah, he he was able to generate a lot of weak and middling contact. So mm-hmm. you know, good on him on, on that front. But yeah, there there are certainly still some concerning signs that I see here. Especially last night, didn't really get anything out of his secondaries. He didn't really throw his secondaries that much. He threw his slider 20 times according to Baseball Savant. After that, though, three sweepers, one changeup. And on the slider, uh, he only generated six swings on those 20 sliders and only got four cold strikes on there um, and and didn't generate a, a single whiff. All, of, all 12 of his whiffs came on the fastball. I mean, yeah, but it's 12 strikes out of 20 sliders. So that's an important note. Um, and four called strikes right, the on fouls. the slider. The fouls, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Like, I thought the slider was pretty good last night. It's it's interesting. He called, he said he threw a lot of cutters. So I don't know if, you know, StatCast is differentiating the sweeper from the cutter or the slider from the cutter yet. But um, it, it was pretty firm. It was, you know, topped out at 88 on the slider. That's about what the cutter should be. Um, so. Actually, we'll no, no, no. Isn't that. No, it's isn't it six strikes on twenty pitches? Because uh, he six strikes, uh, four called strikes, six yeah, swings. Yeah, two, two, but... two of the swings are are fouls though. So it's oh, yeah, ten. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ten. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ten out of twenty. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So, I was like, I feel like I'm missing something. I was looking at the numbers. And I was like, I feel like I'm yeah, missing yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, no, here, I, I counted yeah. The, okay. the foul. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, either way. That's, Sorry that's to get fine. derailed there, but yeah. No, no, he was around the zone with a slider, though. Not too many bad misses. Everything kind of at the knees or lower. Like, the slider was fine last night. Uh, and yeah, you know, Miller right now, he's just not really a strikeout guy. Like, it's fine. He doesn't need to get whiffed. Right. Um, you, like we see in a lot of his starts, there were a ton of foul balls last night. Um, and that's actually a good sign. It means that, you know, the hitter isn't picking up the fastball as mm-hmm. well. If they're fouling it off a bunch, those are pretty harmless. So uh, Miller was fine. Uh, but, you know, obviously the real story is is the offense, and I'm sure we're about to get into that. But overall, like Miller, I would give him like a 55. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think he was dominating, but he was he was OK. He was OK. Yeah, certainly not his best start, but a, a, a significant improvement <laughs> yes. from the last two. And Absolutely. so got to feel good about that. Hopefully this is at the very least a good confidence boost for him heading into mm-hmm. his next start, which is going to be against Chicago. So. Yeah. On the weekend, what Sunday, Saturday, somewhere in there. Uh, Sunday, I think. Sunday. 
so yeah so we'll we'll see how that goes that's a that's a lineup obviously the white Sox have really struggled this year but that's a lineup that certainly has some talent some guys that can do some damage uh, against miller so we'll see how that goes but uh for now uh good stuff from miller uh overall and uh great stuff from the offense which is uh starting to heat up a bit especially their top guys like Eugenio Suarez and Ty France. Uh, we're going to be talking about them in just a moment. But first, a reminder, this episode of the Locked On Mariners podcast is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game Time is a fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. And with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. So forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem promo code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. And you're listening to the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you again for bringing us your first listen. We're talking about the Mariners' 8-1 to win last night over the Miami Marlins. And you can catch game two of this three-game series on the Mariners' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM via the SXM app tonight. Uh, so this offense, eight runs last night, uh, put one in the air for the Mariners' offense because they were smoking the ball as evidenced by the uh, distances on A. Eugenio Suarez and Ty France's home runs. I know you like Ooh. that one. Yeah. Uh, 840 combined feet. Between those two home runs, you you can do the math. Also, stopping Tom Murphy came through with a home run uh, late in this one as well. So they were crushing the baseball. Mm-hmm. Julio with an RBI, uh, Teo with an RBI double, uh, Gino with what the hell was Brian De La Cruz doing in the first inning? Uh, I want to talk about Gino though because he had a couple uh, hard hit balls. He has seven hard hit balls over his last four games. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously he had the home run. Uh, he One of the, the other hard hit ball that he had was the one to, to De La Cruz, which he dropped. Uh, and then he also got on base uh, again with the, uh, with a single. Um, so he, he finishes the day, you know, two for four. It, it, it's starting to look like he's turning the corner, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we started to see it on, what was that, Saturday night against uh, the Angels. You know, three hard hit balls went over four. Like, 300 mile per hour line drives right at people. Um, and then, you know, he continued it, had a pretty good game Sunday. Might have been Friday he had that game. But yeah, Gino's been on a little bit of a tear. Obviously, you need to see it a few more times through before we start to, you know, say that he's made the adjustment and all that stuff. But it certainly is a step in the right direction. He looks better. He's the home run yesterday was to right center field. That's a great sign. Um, you know, he's, he's still. You you really want Gino to go on a run here this next week or so where he puts up like three, four home runs in a week. And, and that's when you can kind of feel like, hey, you know, Gino's back, but he is hitting the ball a lot harder. His at bats just look better uh, in general over the last few days, not striking out as much. He's always going to strike out. That's always going to be part of it, even when he's going well. But you just don't want the bad strikeouts. You don't want the bad at bats. And Gino's stringing together a lot of high quality at bats, um, you know, over the last four or five days. Um, which is which is great because, you know, Ty France and Tay Oscar are, are both on a tear right now as well. Um, so you kind of get those three going. JP been pretty consistent all year long. Mm-hmm. Julio starting to get going again. Um, 
you know, had the hit, had a walk, got robbed of a second walk in his first at bat. Terrible strike zone last night, by the way. Good Lord. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. when you have those five that are going pretty good, it takes a lot of pressure off of six, seven, eight, nine. And, and last night, you know, the Mariners didn't use Jared Kelnick. They didn't need him to score eight runs. They didn't need Kyle Raleigh to score eight runs. Um, and that's that's obviously that's a good sign because for long portions of the season, those two guys have had to carry you. But now one through five is getting the job done. Uh, we'll see how the lineup looks tonight uh, against Cabrera. He's a tough pitcher with really good stuff, in particular, great changeup. Um, the Mariners probably shouldn't use Kelnick tonight. They probably shouldn't use Raleigh again tonight um, just because the changeup is that good. Cabrera is a reverse splits guy. Um, we're talking, you know, 100 points better in batting average for mm-hmm. against right-handed right-handers yeah. um, same with on base. And it's like 200 points higher in slug. Like right-handers are much better bet against Cabrera. So we'll see how the Mariners want to manage that. But uh, you know, one through five from last night should pretty much be the same today uh, because one through five last night, they all had uh, two hard hit balls apiece. Um, they all reached base at least twice. Um, and obviously, you know, there was damage done with the, the home runs by Gino and, and Ty France. So, yeah, and, you know, kind of the I don't want to say it's forgotten because I'm sure people notice, uh, but just six strikeouts last night uh, for the Mariners, which anything under 10 is is pretty darn good for anybody. But especially the Seattle Mariners, and they were able to do that against some pretty good pitching like Lizardo is not a pushover, um, not having an incredible year, but he's a pretty good pitcher uh, who strikes a lot of guys out. And the Mariners just had a great game plan against him. So. Mm-hmm. Overall, very encouraging by what we've seen from the Mariners really since the first game against San Diego, the the Musgrove start. And we're kind of we're they're taking walks. They're not striking out as much. They're working deep counts. They're hitting the ball hard. They're starting to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Uh, the offense is on a nice little roll right now, which is uh, perfect. Now, the key is, can they do it for more than five games? Like, can they do it for more than a week? Uh, but the offense certainly is getting rolling right now. And if the pitching can kind of turn the corner and get back to what it was, uh, this is a team that's capable of going on a run, especially the the top five guys in your lineup are going to look like this for an extended period of time. Yeah, great approach, great game plan, get, uh, great execution against Lazardo, uh, grinding him down, and then taking advantage of the mistakes. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, you mentioned the the strike zone earlier. This this game could have easily been three nothing Mariners coming out of the first inning. Uh, Julio uh, took a called strike three, which could have easily been ball four. Uh, but alas, uh, you also mentioned J.P. Crawford, who uh, led this game off with a uh, double down the line. Um, we're trying to send him to the All-Star game. Hashtag J.P. for ASG. Send us your ballot with J.P. Crawford getting voted into the All-Star game. And uh, you will enter for a chance to win a signed Luis Castillo card. Uh, you can send uh, your ballot to us via email at LockedOnMariners at gmail.com or on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else you want to note on this offense before we move forward? I uh, know just that it, it's, you know, I, I saw the comments yesterday. It's only one game. Calm down. It's not, it hasn't only been one game. Sure. Um, it's been probably about five now, uh, four out of the last five, at least again, they did it against Musgrove. They only scored four. Okay, fine. They did it against Otani. They only scored four, right? They did it against Sandoval. They scored five. They did it against, uh, they did it again, uh, against, uh, Canning. They only scored four. They were one hit away from being just like seven, eight, nine runs again. Uh, that's the margin of error. And then they did it again last night against Lizardo, and they scored eight. If the Mariners scored four runs every single night, 
you're going to win a lot of ball games. Yeah. So especially with this pitching staff, what this right. pitching staff can be. Yeah. Right. If you're scoring four runs every single night and then like every third or fourth night, you're putting up six, seven, eight, you're going to win a ton of baseball games. And that's all this offense needs to be. Just be consistent. Um, and again, they're doing it against not terrible pitching. Luzardo is not bad. Sandoval mm-hmm. is not bad. We know how good Musgrove is. We know how good Otani is. Mm-hmm. These are not awful. Even Canning is not bad. He's a major league quality starter. They're not doing this against the Oakland A's, who, no. by the way, have won six in a row. <laughs> they're doing this Beat against the Rays the, last night. I they're doing this against legitimate starting pitching. And if they can just continue to do that, I don't know if it's enough to give them a nine, ten game win streak or anything like that, but it mm-hmm. is going to be enough to win series, limit damage go on the road against these tough teams like the New York Baltimore trip and finding a way to split those games or maybe even win both of those series. If the offense puts up four or five every single night. They're going to do that type of thing. So this is a good sign. Uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, they're back. Like we're back. We're, we're, they're going on. No, we're so bad. We're so bad. Yeah. It just means that the offense is, is the, in the last five days is just looks so much different and so much better than the previous 55 games that it's worth mm-hmm. noting. And it's worth, you know, kind of uh, getting cautiously excited about because we've seen what this offense can do. We saw the second half of last year when they execute the game plan, they are very capable of putting up four or five, six runs every single night and even beating around some pretty good pitchers. They did it at the end of last year. They're doing it right now. Can they continue to do it for a big enough stretch of time to get back into this thing? We're about to find out. You're listening to the Lockdown Mariners podcast. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Again, you can catch the Mariners and the Marlins game two tonight on the Mariners hometown broadcast of Series XM via the SXM app. Hey, congratulations to Ty Adcock on making his uh, Major League debut last night. He looked good. Eh, I thought he looked good. He looked like a like a middle reliever, which is fine. Like sure. first three guys uh, knocked the crud out of the ball. Yeah. Uh, all over 100 miles an hour, just right at people. Three of the first four, mm-hmm. uh, but the second inning, you know, lots of soft contact. Like he just looks like a middle guy to me, which is fine. Sure, that's all you need him to be. He's you yeah. know 95 to 97, can touch 99. I thought the slider was actually pretty. It was kind of more of a like a 12 six. Like it looked like a curveball almost at times, like a short yeah. curveball. But um, I think he's going to generate some whiffs as time goes on. But kind of looks like Justin Topa a little bit to me. Minus the, the which arm is angle. Fine. Which yeah, is no, fine. what you get, yeah. which is totally fine. That is a high quality middle reliever. So, um, and you know, his ability to go two was, was nice, uh, just because you don't want to, if you mm-hmm. don't have to burn another arm in a seven run game, don't burn another arm in a seven run game. No. And then, yeah, Spire came in and, and he only had to throw nine pitches to get out of the ninth. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought Ty, uh, Ty looked pretty good. Um, thanks. Yeah, no, um, <laughs> By the way, yeah. uh, two ties on the team. Uh, I'm, I'm levitating right now. Yeah, neither one of them is good as Colby Rasmus, but okay. <laughs> what a pull! What a pull! Uh, all right, Eduardo Rodriguez. He is the target of our trade today. Today, um, this is very aggressive because arguably he might be the uh, the best pitcher available at this year's deadline uh he is hurt right now he is on the 15 day il with a finger issue i will see how long that keeps him out um but presumably he should be healthy uh before the deadline comes and goes and uh he's someone that certainly could be on the move here from detroit uh to uh, somewhere else he had a, a great start to the year um 
he's obviously making a bit of money. Still has a couple of year, a couple of years left of club control on his deal. Mm. No, no. Am I wrong on that? This is this is part of what makes him so much fun and why I wanted to talk about him. Okay. Uh, he has an opt out. Oh, he does. Yeah, after right. this year, uh, right. he can opt out of the last. I think it's five years, ninety million, something like that. Mm. Um, and the expectation is is that he will opt out of it, um, mostly because he and the Tigers had issues last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, with him pitching as well as he is, he's probably going to do better on a on a thin uh, market, free agent market. So, this is part of what makes him so interesting is that. You're probably not even going to get to use him until, you know, late July, probably post All-Star break. Um, the Tigers are miraculously still in it because the AL Central is a joke. Um, so do they even want to trade him? They probably should if they think he's going to opt out and he's almost certainly going to opt out. Mm-hmm. So it might be a rental or it might be a really expensive long term piece. You don't know because does Rodriguez at five and 90? I think, I think that's what's left on the deal. I don't know for sure. Maybe Ty can look that up. Um, uh, it, it was five seventy one. I think his AAV is just f- uh, 15 and a half. Per. I feel like there was another, well, whatever, that's, either way. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to check another website. Yeah. Either way. Or what's his overall contract? I feel like five, maybe uh, he signed, it was a five year, $77 million. Oh, deal. Okay. Okay. So I was thinking of somebody else. Uh, he all right. So next year, if he does not out, opt out, it's eighteen million dollars. Uh, after yeah. that, it's sixteen in twenty twenty five, and then fifteen in twenty six. He's he's opting out after the year yeah. that he's having. He's going to get more than eighteen. Per. He's going to get yeah twenty mil a year at least twenty five. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Taiwan Walker got eighteen. I mean, I mean it's possible he comes back from the injury and he's just terrible, and maybe that tanks the numbers gonna, a little bit for him. But, but he'll just opt out, get fifteen million, and then be a free agent again at thirty-two. Sure. Like so, he's going to opt out almost certainly. But there's still a shot that he doesn't, and in which case, are you willing to pay? Are you the Mariners with the amount of starting pitching you already have? Are you willing to pay Eduardo Rodriguez? What's that come out to? Three and fifty, something like that. Um, I don't know. Like you probably should be willing to, but you have a lot of well, pitching already. The interesting thing here, I mean, this all comes down to how the Tigers are going to value him. Are they going to value him as a rental? Are they going to ask for a return that reflects a rental pitcher? Or are they going to ask for a return that reflects a club-controlled I don't middle-of-the-rotation right. starter? I don't think they have a choice but to trade him as a rental, to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest. Because you are going to lose him. Uh, there's just no question if you're, you're not going to keep Eduardo Rodriguez beyond this year. Mm-hmm. And what are the odds that not only you can make the playoffs, but that you can win a playoff series with Rodriguez. They're not great. So to me, you don't really have a choice, but to trade him as a rental. And I think the market itself will dictate the, that price to, uh, to Detroit. But because like you said, he's probably the best maybe the second best is Stroman, you know, like he's one of the two best pitchers that's likely to get moved at the deadline this year. So you are going to have to pay up for him. He is not going to be cheap and he's coming off of an injury and he might not be ready till, you know, August, like how much is eight starts, eight, nine starts of Eduardo Rodriguez instead of Marco Gonzalez or instead of Brian Wu, how much is that worth to you? Um, It's, it's, this is, again, this is part of the reason why I, I picked him today 
it's tough because are you a better team if Eduardo Rodriguez is in your rotation? Yes. It yeah. is not debatable. Yes. If you add a healthy Eduardo Rodriguez to this rotation, are the Mariners the best rotation in the American League? Yeah, they might be. They very mm-hmm. well could be. But again, you might only get 10 starts out of them. You're not even in great position to make the playoffs right now. Maybe in July, maybe in a month, that's different. But right now, you're not. The Tigers, they don't have to trade him. They're also kind of still in it. Rodriguez, to me, is fascinating. Because I think you can, like, like would you trade Classe for two months of Rodriguez? Yes. Yeah. Would you trade Michael Arroyo? <laughs> I'm saying no. I uh yeah yeah I'm, I'm I'm saying no because to me like then the strategy is like okay I'll just go find this year's Tyler Anderson and give up Zach Deloach for that guy um and then I'll keep Arroyo and maybe I'll flip Arroyo for the bat that I want instead you know what I mean so mm-hmm. Rodriguez is is super interesting because like in a vacuum yes he he makes sense and he also doesn't like it's a fascinating discussion. Because he helps you. He's a good fit. Uh, he's not going to be super expensive because he is going to be valued as a rental, but he's not going to be cheap because he's very good and it's going to be a thin starting pitching market. Can you thread that needle? I don't know. And it's not like Detroit has a bunch of guys that they could tack onto this deal to make it more appealing to you, right? There's not really a bullpen right. arm that they're going to tack on. You'd be like, oh, well, yeah, it's only half a year of, or it's only two months of Rodriguez, but I also get, you know, two years of this middle reliever that I like that has, you know, upside for high leverage spots, like probably not going to do that. Like, why would the Tigers do that? So Rodriguez to me is just a really interesting guy. Ultimately, I think the Mariners would rather spend the assets on bats and then kind of just go get a back end type of guy. Mm-hmm. But there's a non-zero chance. Rodriguez is a guy that they like enough to go after in free agency um, anyways. And if they can get him at a price, that makes sense. You have to be okay with just giving up a player. You have to, the player you give up, you have to be okay with him being essentially an everyday player, knowing that you're only going to get 10 games out of Rodriguez. Who's that prospect? What is that prospect package? That's a tough one. It's a tough one. Thinking even further beyond the regular season and into the postseason, am I going to need Rodriguez for the postseason? You'd probably throw him. Uh, I mean, I mean, what is Gilbert? Is Gilbert still doing this hopscotch because again, good and great? Well, there, yeah. So there's obviously that. You know, Kirby's obviously been you know kind of inconsistent. Castillo's been fairly inconsistent as of late. Um, but obviously, you're starting Castillo in a playoff series. You're obviously starting Castillo. Yeah, yeah. Don't. don't it, it comes down to mean. is between Gilbert, Rodriguez, and Kirby. Which two do you trust more? Right. So if I'm more than fine with going, you know, Castillo, Gilbert, Kirby for most of the postseason, mm-hmm. how much are those 10 regular seasons, ga- uh, regular season games actually worth to me? They're worth a lot if they help you get into the playoffs. They're not worth much if you miss the playoffs. Again, yeah. that is what makes the conversation. Well, and, and how so and, bizarre. And, and Look, this is probably going to seem like a dumb question on the surface, but how much of an sure? How much, uh, like, let's say that Marco is able to come back, right? 
how much of a better chance does Eduardo Rodriguez give me in those 10 games than Marco? Like, so, really, like how much is like how much is that upgrade actually worth? Because obviously it is an upgrade. Obviously, he does give me a better chance, but how much is that actually worth? See, and that's another point that we haven't even discussed. What about Marco? Are you getting Marco back at some point this year? We don't know. Right now, they're fairly optimistic, but they were optimistic on Robbie Ray with a very similar injury. And bam, Tommy John. And if Marco has to get Tommy John, which we're not saying he will, but it's a possibility. Yeah. If he does, then you don't have him for next year either. Rodriguez doesn't really help with that. But now you're yeah. two starting pitchers down going into next year. So does that make the Mariners more aggressive on controllable starting pitching? If Marco comes back, are they just like, no, we don't need it? Because now we're just woo like who's going to start for the next month when he's done and Marco's back and healthy. He's the number five. Is it really worth go going out and spending assets to get a marginal upgrade over Marco Gonzalez? No, probably better off just going and spending those assets on bats. Yeah. Uh, we but, talked about this yesterday. I, I think, you know, whether or not Marco is able to go, I think a, a, a pitcher that's of the Marco Gonzalez caliber would make sense for this team. Someone that's under club control for next year as well. Um, Starts to get a little bit yeah, pricier. The, the, the Mike Leak idea, right? Right, but... I mean, they already said no to what's-his-name from Cleveland. He's basically Mike Leak, so... Ooh. I, I, I don't know. Do you want that guy, though? Because I mean, Zach, Zach Plesak is a very special situation, yeah, though. If, like, but if you're for, getting another, if you're getting another Marco... Right, like if that's the plan for next year, wouldn't you bet be better off just letting Wu and Hancock compete for that spot? Because those guys are at least number fives in a year. Well, at the very depends, least. But are you trading one of those guys? Are you trading? Both I don't know. Of those that's, guys, we don't know. You know. Yeah. So that's that's the other thing too. I, I just kind of I don't know. I feel like maybe some insurance, some major league back into the rotation insurance but might can't you make just, some sense. Might make some sense for this team. Can't you just go and buy that in the winter for like four million bucks? How much is a Marco Gonzalez going to make in free agency this year? Six to eight million. And isn't that guy basically Chris Flexen? Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I, I don't know what the Mariners are going to do with their pitching. I don't. Um, again, a lot of it will depend on where they're at standings wise. As we get closer to the deadline, a lot of it will depend on how Marcos feels as we get closer to the deadline. Um, but Rodriguez is a guy who probably would be your number two right now. He's probably a little bit better than Kirby, probably a little bit better than Gilbert, but it's it's two months of that guy but again i you know it's a finger issue too i don't like yeah that's what i'm saying if that like yeah i don't know it it just seems really dicey like Mm -hmm. the the only aspect that and and again this is just such a slim chance that this happens and if it does happen it probably means that something's gone wrong but the the thing that really entices me here is paying rental prices for a club controlled middle of the rotation starter Right. Yeah, but I, if you're the Mariners, you have to assume that you're only buying two months. And if you're yeah. the Tigers, you have to assume that you're only going to get rental prices. Yeah, I'm just saying as a fan, that's that's what entices me. But yeah, from a from a purely like operational standpoint, yeah, you have to go into that, you know, into those negotiations, thinking that he's only making ten starts for me at most, if that. Yep. Yeah. So it's an interesting discussion. What do you guys think? about eduardo rodriguez i think the I mariners say, should go after him pass on him mm-hmm. 
I would say probably not. I'm probably out. But I, I think it's too complicated. I think it's yeah. too much of a headache. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so for that reason, I'm out. Um. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Anything else you want to touch upon before we, we get out of here? All right, cool. Uh, again, you can catch the Mariners and the Marlins on the Mariners hometown broadcast with Sirius XM via the SXM app tonight. And that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidy and Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, the C-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Follow us on Instagram and TikTok as well over at Lockdown Mariners. That's one word, Lockdown Mariners. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. Thank you again for making us your first listen. Have yourself a beautiful baseball day. See you tomorrow. Peace.